Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Tuesday, November 8th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Missouri Tigers today. We're in the football and basketball season crossover, and we have both sports covered. First, you'll hear a conversation with Chris Gervino. He's the sideline reporter for football games and a color analyst during men's basketball games on the Tiger Radio Network. Chris is also a member of the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. He and I sat down about an hour after Mizzou's loss to Kentucky at Faroe Field on Saturday and talked mostly football, but also the upcoming hoop season. After a break, we switched to basketball, and you'll hear media day interviews with Coach Dennis Gates, preseason All-SEC selection Kobe Brown, and the team's lone scholarship freshman Aiden Shaw, an Overland Park product. Okay, let's get started with Chris Gervina. It's always great to catch up with you. Thanks for spending some time with me. And we just watched Missouri fall to Kentucky 21-17 at Faroe Field in a uh, painful loss for the Tigers. They've had a few of those this year, but they've been in every game. Um, you know, every game's a one-score game with them in the, in the SEC, it seems like, except for last week against South Carolina when they handled, manhandled the Gamecocks. But, you know, there was news before the game with Eli Drinkwitz getting a contract extension. So just want to get your thoughts generally about this season, this team, and the job Coach Eli Drinkwitz is doing. Well, it's been an interesting season, it seems, Blair. They always are one way or the other. And, uh, boy, this game against Kentucky, you're right, another close call, albeit another loss for Missouri in these one-score games. So, you know, just when you think you've seen it all, I mean, it was such a pivotal play, obviously, the roughing the punter uh, call, even though the ball snapped over his head. And like you, you had mentioned earlier, 20 to 30 yards probably behind the line of scrimmage and just a difficult uh, play. It seemed like the right call, the way the explanation was given, but something I'd never seen before, you know, quite unfold that way. And of course, it worked to Missouri's detriment. It things, seems those things happen. But, you know, that game really, other than that kind of crazy play, you know, really went as expected. I mean, you look at these two teams, I figured it would be a close game. Figured points would be hard to come by. I really think, and a lot of other people, I know the same idea, that 20 points would be enough to win. It was, as it turns out, for Kentucky at 21-17. But uh, just a hard one for Missouri now as we speak. Obviously, the Tigers dropped to four and five, so they've got three games left to try to get to that six-win plateau for a possible bowl. And uh, it is not going to be easy at Tennessee coming up next, then home to New Mexico State. They'll clearly be favored in a non-conference game. And then the grand finale could be a a lot on the line the day after Thanksgiving, that Friday game with Arkansas. I think it's been that way before with Arkansas. It has. Winner uh, gets to qualify for a bowl game. Um, You know, this this team, I've marveled at its defense. Mm -hmm. I I didn't know what to expect defensively. New coordinator, third coordinator in three years for the Tigers coming into this year. Uh, Blake Baker. I didn't know much about him. I knew he'd served at, D- at DC, at um, you know, at La Tech and at Miami, but wow! I mean, what a job this defense is doing this year. He got a contract extension earlier this week. It was announced, and of course, Eli Drinkwitz got one today, Saturday, as we're talking. But um, you know, if if worse comes to worse, this team doesn't get to six wins. I was I was just thinking. What a shame it would be for this defense not to be rewarded in some way. Because you're right. It is a really good defense. I mean, I've been so – it's night and day from last year. Absolutely. I mean, 
last year, I don't need to go into details for any Tiger fans listening, but I recall a couple of games on this field here at Furrow Field, Tennessee and Texas A&M. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing or, or not seeing in terms of the lack of tackling. I mean, really. So in comes Blake Baker, and he's just been outstanding, and he gets a contract extension. And then, not coincidentally, Eli Drinkwitz gets a contract extension. I think Eli, and I'm sure he has, ought to thank Blake Baker for yep. that. Because as you mentioned, even with a much improved defense, here we are, three games to go, and Missouri's below. 500, but they reward uh, Eli. Uh, obviously, he's a couple games below 500 in his third season on the job, but that's the faith they have in in his recruiting, and and I think they feel the trajectory is on the right way, uh, right track. So, you know, I don't know that many people saw that coming uh, this week in terms of extension for the head coach, but I think we all figured they would try to lock up the defensive coordinator right. because, you know, his contract is much shorter where Eli still had right. multiple years left. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't make those decisions. Those are big decisions with a lot of money involved. But, but I do think uh, the timing and the togetherness, so to speak, is understandable with the really good defensive coordinator and his work this year. And then coming on the heels of that, the extension for, for Drinkwitz. But back to your original point, I mean, it would be a shame if this team – doesn't get to six wins with the defense it has. And that's all to be determined because, again, it looks like it's going to come down to the Arkansas game in one game here after Thanksgiving. Now, look, if you're a Missouri fan and you you uh, are encouraged with the, with what you saw in the Georgia game, maybe they can bring that kind of effort. Mm-hmm. to, to I, I fully expect them to bring good effort because that's been the case in every game this year. Where it seems to me where Missouri's fallen short, though, is on the offensive side in these games. Um it, it's you know even even in the I think this is right even with South Carolina's the victory over South Carolina last week it's always just like a couple of touchdowns and a and a field goal or so this team can't seem to break out offensively too many empty possessions and and in the Kentucky game we saw um, a quarterback Brady Cook lose a fumble that was an unforced error and then did not. Uh, convert on a keeper on fourth and one got stood up by the Kentucky defense. Now he did have a couple of really nice touchdown runs in the in the fourth quarter and and gave Missouri the lead uh, late. But what uh, what do you make of Brady Cook's season? And uh, and considering this is he's still a first year, we're still talking about him as a first year starter. Right. Well, you know, I think it's been up and down. Clearly, I mean, he's had uh, obviously more uh, interceptions than. Than touchdown passes, as as it turns out, and you know that's been a, a really a hard thing to overcome for him. Uh, he, he's really been running for his life a lot of times too. You know the offensive line, I think it's fair to say, has been disappointing and certainly been been beat up a bit. They've had injuries across the board and have been mixing and matching. And you know even at, at halftime, I know folks were wondering uh, about, oh, you know, might we see another quarterback? But I just that would have been really difficult. I mean, on this Saturday with the wind blowing the way it was, you know, it was a hard passing conditions. I'm not making excuses for Cook. I just think it would have been hard to throw a Sam Horn in there as a freshman, or even a Jack Abraham was like a seventh-year player, but has hardly played other than right. the, the blowout loss at Kansas State. So that would have been a tough situation to put a guy in against a good defensive team with a lot on the line. I mean, literally in a game like this. So I had no problem and fully expected Cook to go the distance unless he got hurt. And he and he does get beat up. He keeps coming back. He takes hits and and always manages to get up. And I thought the second half his decision making was good, and uh, you know his toughness running the ball was good. Obviously on that fourth down play yep. when he kept it for the score after they stopped Schrader on three straight times, and then of course he did make the plays, the two touchdowns in the second half. But could he be better? Sure. I mean 
you know, this has not been a Chase Daniels season or a Brad Smith type season. And I don't think anybody thought or expected that from him, but it's just been inconsistent. Clearly the, the offense has been the struggle. That's just going to be interesting too. You know, Eli Drinkwitz obviously is not only the head coach, but the offensive coordinator. Play caller. Yep. Play caller. And so, you know, he's talked about he, he could and, and would consider relinquishing those duties after the season. And I'm not saying it's on the play calling, but obviously that's his side of the ball that he really works on. And, and of course, he was the quarterback's coach up until uh, this season when he appointed Bush Hamden as a QB coach from receivers coach. So a lot of work needs to be done on the offense. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And the defense has been so good, even with that struggling offense for long periods of play during games, they're always in it with a chance to win at the end against good teams. Yep, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, Brady Cook certainly showed toughness on that 20-yard run where he broke a tackle mm -hmm. about the 10 and did spin move. And, and you're right, good decision on the on the option keeper that uh, on the fourth and one after after Cody Schrader uh, failed and they failed to get in the end zone on three straight. So um, mixed bag with with, with him, and uh, we'll, we'll see where good. I do think we'll see uh, a, a second quarterback play perhaps against New Mexico State. Yes, that would be the game. And again, as you know, you can play up to four games yes, and still be redshirted. So it would be really be a bit of a surprise if we don't see a Sam Horn or whomever uh, in that New Mexico State game, which comes to mind clearly at home if Missouri takes care of business as it should, because I don't think anybody uh, thought, especially with that four-game and still redshirt rule that we, that he wouldn't see the field. You know, I get he wasn't ready at the start of the season because of the baseball question deep into the summer with a draft in July. But, um, you know, they're, they're fighting for their lives and for bowl eligibility. So that's why I, I really did think and understand against Kentucky staying with Cook in the second half. And I thought for the most part it paid off. You know, he and the offense played better, but it was just inconsistent for four quarters. Okay, um, I know that uh, Missouri will have played a men's basketball game by the time this is posted, so a little uh, prognostication <laughs> from you here, Chris. Um, a lot of excitement uh, surrounding Dennis Gates, his first season, and even though the roster is one where the pieces come from many different places, um, I, I like the athleticism of this team, and uh, just being around him a little bit in the preseason, uh, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like they're a bunch of strangers to each other, um, and it, it helps for a, a basketball team to build around a good player. And Missouri has an excellent player in Kobe Brown. What are your expectations for this season? Well, I think we can start with that in Kobe Brown. He yep. is an excellent player and really an excellent kid. I mean, you've got to know him a little bit, I'm sure, and he really is a guy to build around. A good leader somebody who will bring people together. I don't see how you would not like Kobe Brown as a star of the team, but also as unselfish a guy as you'll need. You know, seemingly on and off the court, he's a willing and able passer. And of course, in that exhibition game, uh, you know, the 25 points, 11 rebounds, very efficient work. So he's a good guy to start with if you only have three players back. Um, but they've got a lot of new pieces. It's like almost preparing for a visiting team, you know, as the Missouri announcer, because we're still getting to know all these guys. But I think what you'll see is a lot of interchangeable parts. Coach Gates is still figuring it out in terms of combinations and rotations, and that's understandable as we start the season here. But a lot of athleticism. Um, I, I do think what's going to help them uh, versus last year's team and some of Conzo Martin's teams is they've got guys who can score. Um, you know, and again, I, I get they're coming up to a Power Five conference like Isaiah Mosley is from the Missouri Valley and Missouri State, Noah Carter from the Missouri Valley in Northern Iowa, with other players like Dre Golston from Milwaukee, Des Moines Hodge from Cleveland State. All four of those guys have averaged 15 points or more in a season in Division One. Again, not the SEC, but they can score. 
They can really shoot, so that's going to help because this team really struggled to score. As solid as they were defensively, and while they kept themselves in some games, they they just had trouble making shots. And if you can't score points frequently, it's hard to win games. Uh, so this, I think, will be a better offensive team. I think they're going to try to run more, you know, generally than Conzo Martin's teams uh, did. And you know, other than that. The rest is to be determined because it is a new, brand new bunch of players. Absolutely, it is, and they they, they have a couple of point guards too, mm-hmm. newcomers. Mm-hmm. But uh, Nick Honor and East, the junior college Sean East, trans- yeah. yeah, Sean East. So um, I, I, I like that. I like their mm-hmm. options, point guard. Maybe you can play both of them at the same time. I, I think we'll see that. I think you're right. I'm glad you mentioned both of them because they have both impressed me really in different ways. You know, Honor's a, a just listed five ten, but he's a strong kind of cinder block type of guy, leader. Played for Clemson, so he's you know been to Syracuse. Louisville, North Carolina, Duke, all these hostile environments. and just seems like a really good, mature kid, which he should be. He's already graduated. Uh, of course, was at Clemson before transferring here. And then Sean East is a, boy, he's a dynamo. I mean, really athletic, can really jump, can shoot the ball well, was a 43% three-point shooter uh, at uh, John A. Logan Junior College before arriving here. So I think you'll see a lot of the two of them and sometimes together. And I think that is a, a bright spot for Missouri and Coach Gates to start with. And I'm always uh, I'm eager to, to see a guy who went to a high school who near me, Peyton Chaw. Yeah, boy, you talk about athleticism and uh, just a great smile. It seems like a very popular kid with his teammates, enthusiasm, energy, and they really feel he can be a great rebounder, among other things. But, you know, first and foremost, as a freshman, don't worry so much about scoring, although they'll take the points, but they really want him to work on the, on the boards as one of the taller players. Chris, it is always great to catch up with you. Thanks for your time. Likewise, Blair. I enjoyed it. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. Okay, we'll keep the basketball topic going with head coach Dennis Gates. He spoke with reporters a few days before the Tigers season opener against Southern Indiana, a game in which Mizzou led comfortably most of the way but had to withstand some ridiculous shooting down the stretch. Southern Indiana hit 14 to 17 threes in the second half, but Mizzou held on to a uh, six-point victory. So here's Gates sizing up the season. Kobe elected not to put his name in the portal, and I'm very thankful of that because he does give us a centerpiece on, in our program, someone with the accolades that he has, playing ability uh, as well to play around. And we're excited about his development as well. He's improved in some areas that I think you all will notice, uh, and, and we're going to continue to push him in that direction. A lot of new names on this roster, obviously. How have you seen them all kind of mesh together in the, in the months that you've been here chemistry-wise? We build chemistry. Our eight core values, friendship, love, accountability, trust, discipline, unselfishness, enthusiasm, and toughness. We talk about it every day. We want to be champions in the classroom, on the court, and in the community. And we want to be everyday guys, okay? We talk about those things every single day, and we put our guys in situations where we're team building consistently, where we're facing adversity, and we're going to continue to do that. This is not going to be an easy season by any means of the imagination. We'll have to work for everything that we receive. And our conference, 
those names that came out, there are some great coaches that coach those players. And there are some great players that have been left off that list throughout our conference. So I'm excited about it, and I know you guys are too, but there's no doubt uh, the tradition in this building will also help us get over the hump, and I hope November uh, 7th we'll have a sold-out crowd. Dennis, Isaiah Mosley, hometown kid, what yeah. kind of impact can he have here at Mizzou? Well, I think he, he does a great job. Obviously, we know uh, what he's been able to achieve and accomplish. Isaiah Mosley is a good player. What I've been impressed the most is his playmaking ability, his ability to pass, his unselfish spirit that he's been playing with. Um, he's been doing things with less dribbles. And those things matter, especially at this level when the space uh, is shrinking faster and, and the court is shrinking a lot faster. So not only is Isaiah a great player. We have some other guys, Drake Golston, who I've, I've been very impressed with, his ability to shoot the ball, but also Demoy Hodge. And I think you guys will see our wings uh, being able to score because they have that experience uh, from former programs or their past programs that'll carry over, I believe. What was your reaction to Kobe getting voted to the All-SEC team? Well, my reaction was is well-deserving. He was a returning second-team All-Conference guy. Uh, from last season, but again, preseason accolades is something that has to come with, you know, um, back, you got to back those words up. And what I'm excited about is to coach a guy who is such a great leader. Um, he's an unbelievable ambassador to the program, but also I get to develop him and push him even further beyond his goals. That's just one of the uh, benchmarks that he can check off, and we're looking forward to many others to come. How about Eden Shaw? How's he developing so far? Oh, Eden Shaw is doing well. You know, typical freshman things right now as, as the game uh, slows down. But most freshmen, if you think about uh, Aiden Shaw, my expectation is for a guy like that to hit his peak come January, uh, but also continue to take strides in the right direction. Now, he's a high-energy dude, unbelievable rebounder, uh, great cutter, good catch and shoot. Uh, we have to get better in our player development, which is what we've been attacking, left-hand, off-hand development, right-hand development, get off the bounce. But I'm, I'm excited about his retention, his, his ability to uh, get lost in the details, and his energy is it, contagious. You mentioned Nick and Sean. Yeah. How is Nick helping Sean? I mean, they both got some experience yeah. of different kinds. They're, they're helping each other. Uh, Nick comes with a a loaded game uh, experience, meaning in the ACC. He's played at Duke, played at Louisville, played at Syracuse, played at North Carolina, hit big shots in those, in those games. So what he's allowed to do is give us a calming force in our program, but also push uh, the, the envelope, so to speak, because he knows certain things that other guys don't know. Um, how he's helping Sean and how Sean's helping them, they compete every day. And I truly believe you'll see them on the court uh, together sometimes. Dennis, what, what do you not know about this team yet that you can't learn until the games tip off? Uh, what do I not know? Yeah. Um, I don't know how they'll handle a sold-out crowd yet. I don't know that. And what I'm excited about is hopefully being able to check those things off before the Kansas game. Because I do know December 10th it'll be sold out. Correct? Right. right. So I hope games before that they get to experience that atmosphere because if it's their first time I don't know what type of advantage that will be uh, moving forward so um, what else I don't know is this I don't know um, who we are when we face adversity in real time I don't know who we are 
when we end up in that moment and a player has to take over the game. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to know who will do that on the offensive end and the defensive end because you have to have to get stops late in the game, but you also have to be able to score and take care of the ball. So I'm excited, I'll tell you that. Uh, but I'm also excited to see ourselves, um, you know, because we're, we're our own opponents. I know you've said you don't have a starting lineup, you don't have a rotation at this point No, when in you time. start a question like that, that means you're about to ask it. <laughs> no, I'm about to ask, do you have a timetable for like when you kind of would like that that rotation to be settled down a little? I don't think we have a team where I can sit here and play with the same lineup every game. I think we'll see a team that you'll you'll see guys starting based off the matchups uh, differently. I think there are seven, eight guys that can start without a gap, without a doubt. But I can't tell you we'll have the same starting lineup for the entire season. I, that would be unfair for me to say. But also, it adds a layer of competition and detail and execution to be able to play that way with depth. I do know we have a team that can play. We can play 11 to 12 guys a night. And I really mean that. That's the system I come from, uh, the Florida State way. Leonard Hamilton has taught me a lot. That's how I played at Cleveland State, uh, and we were able to win. I want, I want guys to get to exhaustion, whether it's two, three minutes. First guy to be able to sub out is the first guy being able to sub themselves back in. And that's the mentality we have to have each and every possession where we take no plays off. And I truly believe that can yield the results we want as long as we are consistent through 40 minutes uh, that way. Now, if there's dips, we're not putting ourselves in a great situation. If there's con conservation of energy, we're not putting ourselves in a good in a good position. And I don't want any gaps when it comes down to how hard, how connected we are as a group. Kobe is not a, a boisterous guy. At least he hasn't been. Yes, he is. Is he? Okay. Because I demand it. You'll be impressed. So he's developing. He's being more of a. He's been leader. named. Kobe Brown has been named captain, and there's an expectation uh, of that. But also, Kobe Brown wants certain things to happen, and he's been accepting of all the criticism I have given, and he has been talking more, way more, and being more of an extrovert on the basketball court than he's ever been. You can be introverted off the court, but extroverted, there's only one way to play this game, and that's playing it vocally and communication-wise. Is there anyone else that has stepped up and become more of a vocal leader specifically that you can think of in your time here so far? Yeah, Other absolutely. I, I, I demand it. Obviously, uh, our point guards have to be vocal. I'll comp continue to challenge them, uh, Sean East, uh, but also Nick Honor and also Trago Million. Trago Million is a guy that you'll see is, is also a point guard in our system. Um, and he's done a great job. So vocals, I, I truly believe in communicating nonverbal and verbal. And that's something I demand each and every day. Our communication has to be at an elite level so we can have some results that mirror that. Yes, you have a few players that you do know in game, that you've seen in game Absolutely. in Cleveland State. Uh, what was it about those guys that made you want to bring them here to Missouri? Uh, what I do know is that sometimes when you are building a team, you have to have pieces of a puzzle. And the pieces of the puzzle have to all fit each other. And sometimes that comes down to personality and also skill, but also, um, you know, the disposition. And, and I, I know for a fact the connectivity of Trey Gomillion, Demoy Hodge, Mabor Mejak, Ben Sternberg, they allow our team thus far to, to build in confidence, but also have peer coaching where it's not just coming from me, it's coming from their teammates, it come, it's coming from their roommates. 
you have that type of environment. A player-led team is sometimes a team that can cut down nets, hold up, uh, raise some banners, and hold up trophies. Uh, that is our goal, but it's going to take a lot of things to happen for us to get there. We're not in any way, shape, or form who we hope to be in April. Uh, and I speak of April because every day we talk about April 1st, April 3rd in Houston, Texas. Uh, we have to have a sight on where we want to go and obviously never lose sight of that no matter what takes place. Now, there's going to be bumps in the road, right? There's going to be a lot of bumps in the road, but we have to, as a program, as a team, continue to push forward. And I think those guys gives us that vision and my expectation consistently from the expectation of our culture the expectations off the court, the expectations in our community, by example, right? By example, non-verbally, but they also verbally know how I coach in timeouts, but also have time, the etiquette. Certain things that takes place between a dead ball, they know the expectations and they've been consistently teaching our, our, all of our guys what I demand in, in, in addition to our coaches. Uh, as a coach, as a head coach, I'll tell you this, the greatest growth of head coaches is learning from their teams, not also or always peer coaches. It's learning from your players, and our players consistently sharpen us, uh, our blades, no different than we sharpen theirs. And when you have an environment like that, becoming everyday guys, everyday dudes, that requires constructive criticism, not just from player to coach, but coach to player and coach to coach and player to player. So there's a four-way dynamic that takes place, and I'm excited about the growth that has happened thus far. That was Missouri coach Dennis Gates. Here's Kobe Brown, the team's top returning player. Just being you know, versatile in every position instead of you know, just back to the basket. You know, I'll probably be more so on the perimeter this year than I have been in the past two years, two and a half years. So um, yeah, it, it should be it should be a lot of fun. Life's different. Physically, it looked a little different. Just how how's your body changed since oh, last season? Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, just <laughs> I've toned up a lot, a lot, a lot of lost a lot of body fat and gained a lot of more muscle. So um, I'm weighing more than I did, but I have a lot more muscle than body fat from the scan we took. So people always talk about experience. I mean, how does the experience you have in this conference shape you? Is it motivation? Is it stuff you've learned? I mean, how does your experience shape you? Man. Uh, my experience. I would say, you know, just you know, just being able to compete on the, on this level with the talent that you know the SEC has and the resources it has gives us. A, it's definitely a blessing. Uh, it makes you it makes you realize, like, okay, your hard work is paying off the end of the day. Also, this is this fun. And how important is an exhibition game with this group? I mean, I'd imagine you'll you'll learn a lot tomorrow. Uh, what talking about the team? Uh, yeah, your your team. I mean, how oh, yeah. important is it for your guys' growth? To Oh, definitely. It's, it's really important. Um, we've, we've all been talking about it since, you know, June, since we all came on campus. Yeah. Talking about how you know, we couldn't wait to get in front of the fans. This should be fun. be a great learning experience. So we're looking forward to it. What else have you been telling, you know, these guys that we can expect from, you know, SEC playing and even some of these non-conference opponents as they get used to the team? Uh, definitely just, you know, the physicality of the game. Um, every game's a war. It's not, you like, there's not going to be a game where you're going in and expecting to win. Um, it's going to take a lot to win. It's hard to win, and um, you know it's, it's going to be physical. It's going to, it's going to, your body will hurt after every game. So, just to, you know, prepare the minds. What can you say about how this team has come together? You know, so far. I know it's only been a few months, but do you feel like it's developed a bit of an identity yet, or what do you feel like? Uh, definitely. Um, I feel like it's going to be really hard to you know scout our team because everyone does everything, and it's like 
we have so many like actions and you know different ways of doing things. It's like we almost don't know what we're doing. So how could you know what we're doing? <laughs> so like that that's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to watch to see how that takes place. Where have you seen the most improvement in this team so far? Most improvement? Uh, just you know, I feel like this guy, this this group of guys really glued together instantly. Um, as soon as we stepped on campus, so that's a plus. But I feel like you know every day you know we're all holding each other accountable. We have call outs. We've you know we could take criticism, and that's that's our biggest thing. I'm, I'm proud of that. Kobe, what's Mosley bring to this team? Oh, he's an elite scorer. Um, <laughs> he does, doesn't. I haven't seen a bad shot uh, from him. Uh, he's a he's a very good very good scorer. That was Mizzou forward Kobe Brown. Here's Aiden Shaw. He signed with Conzo Martin's staff, then decommitted when Martin was fired. But Shaw repledged with the Tigers after a visit with Gates. Aiden explains his decision. I think a couple weeks passed after I decommitted, uh, and Coach Gates was the first person to contact me as soon as he got his job. And so that was also another reason why I was really convinced that he really wanted me here. Um, when a head coach shows interest like that, that's just something that, that players love. So. Had you started the process of talking to other folks? And I did, yeah. yeah. So I decommitted because there was like there was no coaching staff here, so I had no idea who was going to be here. Um, so yeah, I, I talked to other schools, and then yeah, I got a call from Coach Gates, and, and that's that. So, well, what about Coach Gates? Kind of, kind of drew you in. What, what did he sell you? Um, so he sold me on his plan for me in the future. Um, he has lots of connections. Um, I feel like he has a lot of experience as well. And he knows what he's doing. He knows what he wants from me. Um, he really, he came to my house, told me what I needed to do, and, and that's really it. I think we've seen you out at football games and volleyball games, stuff like that. What does it kind of mean to you to be a Missouri Tiger? Uh, I mean, it means the world, for real. Just, uh, just going out with my teammates, supporting other sports. Um, I mean, when I go to other sports, I'm just, just another fan, so I feel like... Um, Reciprocated energy, like if I go and support them, they'll come and support us, and then we get more fans out here. So, yeah. I know it's before you've played your first game, but what do you think you know, making the jump to college basketball will, will feel like, you know, just and changes in the game, things like that? Um, I'm definitely really excited, um, uh, like anxious a little bit, you know, just there's lots of nerves, but I'm excited to play my first game in front of the crowd, and I uh, just want to be. So I want to show love, you know, from Mizzou, so, yeah. Hey, you, you went to a high school that really isn't known for, for its basketball. Um, did you have options there, or what was it that kind of kept you at Blue Valley? Uh, what kept me at Blue Valley, I felt like I, felt like I needed to stay there uh, throughout my four years just to develop myself, uh, really just mentally and uh, develop confidence, and then I feel like that got me ready to come here, so, yeah. Plus, you didn't have to change the uniform or nickname right Right. You know, Tiger, <laughs> stay a Tiger. Always a Tiger. <laughs> how, how do you see yourself fitting in the Coach Gates' uh, offense? I know he likes to have you know, bigs kind of go on the wing and that kind of stuff. He likes to have a lot of activity out there. How, how do you see yourself fitting in there? Um, I feel like uh, Coach Gates' offense is really interchangeable for everybody, so it's not really like set positions. So I feel like I can really just go anywhere. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah how, how can you use that athleticism that you have to kind of make an impact on the game? Um, he's my athleticism. I really just be high energy, um, just be all over the floor, you know, play good, de play good defense, get stops, and, uh, you know, rebounds, just, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, dirty work, right? 
Right, the dirty work. What's kind of, we're starting with Isaiah in one minute. Okay, thank you. What's kind of the biggest asset that you think you'll bring to the team this year? Biggest asset? Um, probably my athleticism. Uh, I mean, that's what I'm known for. Uh, I also pride myself on the defensive end, so uh, just like blocking shots and uh, staying in front of uh, offensive players. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production crew of Monty Davis, George Howard, Randy Mason, and Jeff Rosen. Tip of the cap to Chris Gervino of the Tiger Radio Network for sharing his insights on all things Mizzou. Morning Sports Edition was a fat 59 pages today. It is the nation's top digital sports page. See what I mean by going to liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. Oh, 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 oh,